Tucker on him. Throws it up for eight. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from Giannis. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. And they're putting Curry in the pick and roll, trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving from downtown. We're sending it in, Jerome. That's for damn sure. Yes, 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 yes. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Last, joined my boy. Mr. Swervin Irvin Washington. Yes, sir. How we doing tonight, Irv? Doing good. Can't complain. Watched some summer league. Good baseball today. Uh, got some soccer tomorrow. Go USA. Got to beat Blaine Canada. So good, 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 good. This sports Friday. Nice man. Nice. Uh, yeah, and decent Friday. I think I like basically broke even. Thanks to the. Fucking dog shit Padres and the Rays I couldn't fucking hit all of a sudden, which is uh, <clears throat> we knew the regression was coming for the Rays, right? Yeah, it's, injuries and that lineup wasn't gonna stay hot like that the whole year. Dude, they only give the up they, they only give up two hits today and they lose. I the know, game, so, so. Good thing <laughs> for the Rays though. The rest of that division is struggling pretty, pretty struggling pretty good too. Uh, don't look now, man. The Orioles are only three games. I think they're only two and a half back in first place. Outside now. of the Orioles, but the rest of that division is pretty much dog shit, so they'll be all right. I think they're only uh, the the Orioles are dude. They're only three games back of first place, serve. Nice in the loss column. So I guess three and a half total. I guess we would say. Orioles getting hot, man. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. But, uh, man, what a day in baseball. Obviously, the Padres and Mets are playing a big series because both teams are, you know, we talked about this last week, right? They're two of the biggest underperforming teams, in our opinion, up there with the Cardinals. And both of them are basically, they're both eight games back after the night of the last wild card spot. <clears throat> so, basically, like, the loser of this this uh, this series here is like really, really tough in a tough position to mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. Not that they already aren't, and like the Mets are winners of what is it like four straight, Irv? Yep. Oh, let me get that. Let me get it accurate. I, I think it's four or five. I know. I think the standings that I have aren't updated. Hold on. Technical difficulties over here. Because I always have, like, the same browsers up. Sometimes I forget to refresh them. So, like, pretty sure that, uh... Yeah, I got it on July 2nd. Why is it on July 2nd? What's the day today? The 7th, right? The 7th. Uh, let's see here. God, this thing. Pretty sure the the Mets have won like five straight. Yeah, I think it's five or six, honestly. 
All right, July 7th. All right, so July 7th. So the Orioles only have one more loss than the Rays do. But the Rays have played more games, so they have five more wins. Mm. So the Rays are only, or the Orioles are only two and a half back, or three and a half, two and a half, if my math is incorrect, of the Rays there. The Mets are six and a half back of the last wild card, and the San Diego Padres are now seven and a half back of the last wild card at 41 and 47. Mets are winners of six straight, seven and three in their last 10. Um, so like, like I said, this was a big game for the Mets and the Padres coming into this this series because basically the loser of this series is a very long shot to make the playoffs. I mean, because you got the Brewers ahead of you, the Giants ahead of you, now the Mets and Cubs. So, I mean, it would take like a massive streak for you to get in if you're the Padres here. So, Padres come into this game, they have a 3-2 lead. Mets tie at 3-3. Hassan Kim, uh, I think it was the bottom of the eighth inning. Or, I'm sorry, bottom of the seventh inning. He hits a double, tries to stretch it into a triple, and gets thrown out by, like, three feet, dude. He wasn't even fucking close. And, uh, you know, I, I immediately tweeted out. I was like, bro, if I'm if I'm Bob Melvin, I'm benching Hassan Kim, and he probably doesn't see the field till after the All-Star break. Like, that's just inexcusable when you have Soto... Tatis and Machado coming up after you. And at the time, there was only one out, right? Very next batter, Juan Soto hits a double. So even if he stayed at second base, easy run, four to three, chances of the Padres winning that game, a lot a lot higher probability than what it was, right? Um, But that's not what happened. And then, so the next inning, Rugnet Odor comes out to play second base in the in the. Padres broadcasting booth is like, oh, Hassan Kim must be hurt. No, he's not hurt, dude. He got benched. Yeah, benched. And that was the right decision by Bob Melvin, dude. Like before we came on air, you said the you said the right thing, dude. That that sends a message to the rest of the locker room. Like, you know, AK in our group chat, he was like, he's like, oh, he was trying to make a winning play. In my opinion, that's not a winning play, dude. That's trying to play hero. Bro, yeah, you got, that's playing hero ball. You got your three best hitters coming up after you. Why wasting out, dude? With one out. To take an extra 90 feet. What's the point? You're already in scoring position. Why Why do you need to move up 90 extra feet? It was, it was no point. So it goes into extras, and the Padres give up four runs in the top of the 10th. The Padres are now 0-8. In extra inning games, oh and eight, they don't have a single win when it gets to extra innings. Man, who was like that in the NFL last year? I don't it's know. Like, the, the Vikings like, were like the reverse of that. They won every close reverse, game. They always were. So, what is the Raiders? The Raiders and the Broncos, right? We we both lost a bunch of games by one score or less. Yeah, and, and, and so positive regression should be coming for the Padres in that sense, but. Man, you know. Yeah, they can't, they can't be throwing games away like this because especially how bad the bottom of that lineup is, and they produced tonight. So a night like tonight, they had to get the W. They didn't score a run from the second inning until the 10th inning when Manny Machado hit a useless two-run homer that got him within two runs. But, you know, 
another thing is like Juan Soto's up in the bottom of the ninth and you know he usually doesn't swing it like bad pitches and like he swung at two bad pitches and ended up grounding out to shortstop I think he was trying to make up for earlier mistakes by his teammates you could tell when the team starts pressing they start doing stuff out of character so no, oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to at that point. But Hassan Kim, man, just inexcusable base running, dude. Like, yeah, that was terrible. Bob Melvin, you know, maybe he sits him down tonight and he's like, he understands his mistake and he goes out there and is able to kind of redeem himself. But, bro, he, he really cost his team in a very important game. Like, this isn't. This isn't. This wasn't just game eighty-eight of the year. Like, this isn't a very important series. Like, the winner of this series has a good chance of making the playoffs and the loser of the series has a very high probability of missing the playoffs. That's how important this series is right now. I agree. So that's where they're at. Let's move over to the AL real quick. Uh, Angels lose their fourth straight today. They've, they're two and eight in their last 10, 45 and 45 on the year. Trout likely done for the year, broke his hand bone, hamming bone. I called that too, or if I said it right when it happened, I was like, bro, that fool's out for a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rendon hurt again. Shocker, I know. Brandon Drury's hurt. Uh, this is just a team, bro, that at this point, if you're the Angels, 45 and 45, you are four and a half games out of a wild card spot. If you're Artie Moreno and the Angels management, do you – entertain trading Soto at this point because it's pretty well documented. If they're not competitive, he doesn't want to be there. And he's already shown frustration visually. Yeah, right? slamming the bat, dropping the uh the helmet and walking off. Um uh any owner worth his salt would trade him. But do we have faith that Arnold Moreno Artie Moreno makes a, a sound Positive decision to trade Shohei and not let a, a player we a, a caliber of a player we haven't seen since Babe Ruth, and I don't think any of us or somebody somewhere might be tuning in, might be old enough to have seen Babe. Anybody that's seen Babe Ruth play doesn't is a asleep <laughs> and b they definitely <laughs> don't know how to use a computer probably. Oh man! <laughs> so do you let the modern day Babe Ruth walk for free? Or you get a haul. They'll jumpstart your rebuild because at the end of the day, I know it sucks and Angel fans might not want to hear this. They want to hold out hope that they're contenders and they can make something happen, but it's just not working. You got two generational talents. They've been teammates for going on five years now, and you can't sniff a postseason, whether it be injury, being healthy, pitching, whatever it is, you just don't have it. And now you're just wasting the prime of two generational players that we might they probably already ever... wasted Mike Trout's prime. We might not ever see that Mike Trout ever again. Yeah, that's true because the injuries are starting to mount up, and you can tell that the he team wasn't... around him isn't getting any better. So if he can't carry a team like he used to, if he falls off one notch, which will still make him an all time great player, they have really no shot at the postseason. Because even with Shohei being who he is, being pretty much the runaway MVP right now in the American League, like who comes close to him for the MVP right now? Probably nobody. Nobody. So 
don't know. Marty Moreno is smart. He would trade Shohei because he's going to get a complete haul. We're talking prospects, major league ready players, a quality major league starters as well. Probably at least two of them, along with at least four or five of anybody's top prospects to get a Shohei Otani and try to convince him not to test free agency. The only and thing with the only thing with all that Irv is like I only I only think like three teams would honestly be willing to entertain, and not not only three teams. All right, so. First of all, I don't think the Angels would trade Shohei to the Mariners or the Rangers or the Astros within the division. So I immediately take them out, right? I don't think he's willing to trade them to the Crosstown Dodgers, so I take them out. So that leaves you only the Giants, the Mets, the Yankees, the Braves, the Rays, but that's not a raise type move, so I already take them out. So I, I think it's like they don't have a lot to work with, dude. Like they don't have many tradable partners. You know what I mean? Plus, yeah, unless they trade them to somebody, like you said, you wouldn't think they would trade them to. But um, I don't know, man. Honestly, no matter what, with Shohei, you just got to take the best deal of the best deal available. Same the thing the Nationals did with Juan Soto. I understand he probably wanted to be on a contender and a contender did trade for him and they gave up a pretty damn good haul. But at the end of the day, I understand you might not want to trade him to the Dodgers. You definitely don't want to trade him within your division. That's probably going to happen. I think it's a higher chance he goes, he trades him to the Dodgers than he would in, in, in than he would inside his own division. Cause then that would just be catastrophic. Angel fans would probably <laughs> Fucking started trying to burn the stadium down, but um, I don't know, man. They, I just think the being the type of owner that he is, I wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't trade Shohei. Honestly, oh yeah, without I mean, I wouldn't either because Shohei still puts butts in the seats. Yeah, he's going to bring him pretty much, and then the dude had the team up for sale the whole off season, and then changed his mind at the last minute and said he's not going to sell the team anymore. So. Yeah, I just think the Angels just oh you don't see baseball owners getting forced out, but we got to come up with some type of rule, man. These dudes just can't keep owning these teams and just continue to be dog shit and not try to be competitive. But at the end of the day, there are owners. Just you probably got to do some Donald Sterling shit to get your team taken away from you or yeah, be accused of some some uh, crazy type shit to have your team taken away. So I don't see him selling if he just backed out of a sale. So. Honestly, I just think Shohei is going to play the rest of the season, win another MVP, and he's going to have his pick of the litter in free agency because I don't think Artie Moreno and the Angels front office are even is even inept enough to to make a trade for Shohei because you've seen what they've done with Trout and Shohei. They wasn't able to bring I don't know. They probably put Mike Trout on a trance to get him to sign that four hundred and thirty million, but. I think within the next couple of years, being on all being in all honesty, if he's still the owner of this team, he has to trade. Well, he's going to lose Shohei probably for nothing, but he's going to have to start entertaining trading Mike Trout as well. I think the thing with show, I, I don't even think I don't even know if Mike Trout's tradable. That, that contract is a big contract, dude. Yeah, that is a huge contract, and he can't he can't stay healthy. 
I think with when it comes to Shohei, like I agree with you in the sense that like Artie Moreno probably doesn't want to trade him, but I think that there's gonna be people in his ears that's like, hey man, like he's walking at the end of the year, bro. Like if you let him walk for nothing, you're literally setting your franchise back decades, and you already you you already took him off the market to sell, right? Now now you're just devaluing the franchise. So like trade him now, get something for him before he walks. And move on, dude, because, you know, at the end of the day, like, you can try to convince him to come back in the offseason. That's not happening. It probably isn't, but he's he's already said, like, I want to play for a team that contends, dude. And the Angels haven't been in near contention since he's been there. A team is just, it's cursed, dude. That team is fucking cursed. Yeah, the, you, the Rally Monkey won your World Series. What did it cost? Everything. Everything, shit. man. So, I... <laughs> Do I do I think Shohei gets traded? I don't know. I probably put it at like a 50-50 right now, maybe 30-70. I honestly I put it at 25-75 that he don't get traded because I just think Artie Moreno is just a dipshit owner. It's just to the point where it's not even funny making it's not even fun to make fun of them anymore. Like we'll shoot our jokes and it might be a little laughter, but at the end of the day, what do we really expect Artie Moreno to do? Same thing he's been doing. Yeah. Sitting back. Collecting checks, and that's what he's going to continue to do. It's true. Somehow, some way, they got Shohei to sign with him, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep him at all. Now, they could have made the playoffs, even though they would have got swept here and there, you know, contend, contended for the division maybe year in and year out. Then they have a way better shot at keeping him because then, you know, you just need to add certain pieces. Trout just needs to stay healthy, and then you can build on something. But no matter who they sign, no matter who they bring up, no matter how bright, a prospect might look for a couple of weeks. It just never lasts. This team, man, these motherfuckers is like the Raiders of baseball. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> they they haven't been ran very well in for like two decades, dude. Yeah, at all. And where they really fucked up at is when they fired Mike Sosha. I mean, they fucked up long before that. Mike Sosha was just kind of the scapegoat. Yeah, he was the scapegoat, but I'm just saying. And then giving out those big ass con no, what they really fucked up was giving out Pujols all that money so he wouldn't be a Dodger. That's what that's what they really fucked up. Pujols, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Josh Hamilton, Justin, uh, uh, Justin, uh, um, Justin Upton, Justin Upton, dude. I mean, just a a ton of fucking dog shit moves. And that that one, what what, what picture they signed again? That one picture, that big ass deal, and he was just. Completely, Jerry Weaver. Yeah, Jerry. They gave Jerry Weaver a big contract. I mean, that's a that's a thing. That's why I always say, like, dude, you can't just buy baseball teams, dude. You can't buy winning teams. And look at Steve Cohen this year, dude. He spent like half a billion dollars last year in free agency. His team is fucking seven and a half back of a fucking wild card, six and a half back, whatever it is. Like, dude, you, you can't just buy a team, bro. You have to like build it. You know, so food for thought there. Um, all right, let's look at some games for tomorrow. Let's handicap some games. So the first game we got is the Reds and Brewers. Currently right now, the Brewers, I think, are minus 140. I hate how covers change their fucking whole website, dude. <laughs> they really fucking did a disservice to everyone that uses it. All right, so... uh 
Milwaukee about a dollar forty favorite right now. You can find them as low as a dollar twenty, dollar or dollar twenty five, dollar thirty, depending on where you shop. Mm. The total is at nine and a half. Um, we got Colin Ray, who has a four point four ERA, five and four on his record, one point one nine whip, going against Luke Weaver, who's six six point seven two ERA, two and two on the year, one point five nine whip. Uh, the Brewers did win tonight, seven to three. Um, they can continue their domination over Cincinnati. They're eight and two in their last ten against Cincy. Uh, what's your thoughts on this game here? Um, what it all depends on what Colin Ray shows up. He is a right-hander. If he's not locating his stuff and actually getting guys out, then I think the Phillies can actually—I mean, the Red—the Reds could actually tee off him because I think they they kill right-handed pitching. So, um, and they have a left-handed uh, dominant lineup, especially with Joey Votto back. I know Spencer Steer and Tyler Stevenson can rake every now and then, but a lot of their damage comes from the left hand side of the plate and and their their shit. I'm gonna just say it, man. That dude's gonna be a superstar. In my book, he already is. Elliot's gonna be a problem yeah. for the years to come. So I think I kind of lean over because you know the Reds, their their bullpen is good, but their starting pitching, man, is just it's not, I don't, it's not sustainable, in my opinion, for them to actually win this division because they got to score down there eight to ten runs a game just to have a shot at winning. So that doesn't help. No matter how hot your office is, they're not going to stay that hot. So, yep. um, but tomorrow, the Brewers have been good at home, too. Um, outside of that, uh, I think, didn't they lose two? Or, they lost they lost two or they lost three to the Cubs? They lost two or three. Um, but, okay. I mean, like, you got to keep in mind that series for the Cubs was basically, like, do yeah, or die. that was their season. So, yeah. uh, Luke Weaver on the mound. Hopefully these dudes give up a lot of runs, man. Honestly, I think that over might be the play, nine and a half, because – but no matter how taxed Cincinnati's bullpen is, they just gonna keep they just gonna keep throwing these guys out there. So we don't even gotta factor that in. Um, they lost seven to three today. I think most of the high leverage guys gonna be available tomorrow. They only threw they threw Abbott, Law, Cruz, Young, and Santillian today. So yeah, but I, I mean, high like, they really only have like. Two good relievers. That's Farmer and uh, Diaz. And Diaz, and Diaz has kind of been susceptible lately because I, I feel like he's kind of getting fatigued, dude. Yeah, he definitely try to have some type of fatigue. And then even to be a rookie pitching all those innings is, is pretty. I'm pretty sure it's catching up to him. And uh, like I don't know, dude. I just I feel like you know Cincinnati's due for regression, dude. Like they they have a bunch of rookies that have been raking but like we've kind of seen them coming back to earth the last few series like i know they beat the nationals dude but like the nationals probably should have won two of those games like it took you know a rain out in the third game mackenzie gore gets sat down he doesn't get to pitch the rest of the game and the reds barely win that game the game when uh what's his face started 
Graham Ashcraft, he starts, dude, he had bases loaded three times, zero outs, and the Nationals managed to score zero runs, dude. Yeah, I can't remember the last time that's happened in baseball. And it's it's just insane. And like, I feel like the Cincinnati Reds are they're like they're just due for some regression. And Luke Weaver's trash, bro. Yeah, Luke Weaver's terrible. He's one of the worst starting pitchers in the majors. Yeah, like this dude has a six point seven two ERA, four point eight four xFIP. <laughs> he has a four point seven six Sierra. He did pitch better against the Nationals, but again, dude, like I've been saying, like the Nationals, like at this point, I feel like the Nationals played well for like a period of time and like they've kind of fallen way back to earth, dude, outside of like a couple of dudes in that lineup. Yeah. But I mean, he gave up four runs in four innings against the Orioles. He gave up three runs in, or I mean, he gave up five runs in three innings to the Braves. He gave up five runs in five innings to the uh, Astros, three runs in four innings to the Royals, seven runs in three innings to the Dodgers. I mean, every start this dude makes, except for the Cardinals, he's giving up runs, dude. And on top of that, in the last seven days, the Milwaukee Brewers are raking, dude. 110 WRC plus. I mean, they're starting to hit the they're starting to swing the sticks, dude. So I look at this game and I'm like, man, kind of like the kind of like the Brewers in this spot. And I also feel like the market is totally over they're like overvaluing the Reds at this point. Like everybody takes the Reds every day, and it just I don't know. It's hard to back Luke Weaver, bro. I don't care how bad Colin Ray is. Colin Ray, 4.4 ERA, 4.56 X fit. Maybe both these starting pitchers suck. Maybe you're right. Maybe we do just take the over. Maybe that's the easy play. 4.66 uh, Sierra. Uh, the Brewers' bullpen hasn't been great outside, out, aside from Devin Williams either. And Devin Williams actually had to come in today in a 7-3 game because, you know, the Brewers bullpen was about to blow it, so about to blow it. I'm, I'm with you, bro. I think over nine and a half is a. Uh, I think that's a pretty solid. I, it's it's hard to say take over in the Brewers, but I mean you might be right. What's the first five over? Five and a half. Probably five and a half. That's too high. Yeah, I mean I'm with you, man. Over nine and a half might actually be the play. <clears throat> I lean Brewers too, but. Minus one forty, backing Colin Ray. I don't know if I don't know if I'm I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Uh, but I mean, like, dude, I, you know, I think the Reds are good. I think they're a great team, bro. I just think that they're overvalued at this point, and I I don't think, and I think they're due for regression as an offense. It's coming. You know, they only have a ninety eight WRC plus. Like, it's coming. So yeah, I think outside of Ellie Spencer Steer, um, well, I mean those. That's the thing is like Ellie Spencer Steer and Matt McClain, They're all three rookies, and they're their three best players. Exactly. You know, Joy Votto is missing consistency. He's always going. You know, he's old as fuck, him. dude. Yeah, he's old, but you know he can still get the job done at the plate. Um, Tyler Stevenson is hit or miss, but man, I just don't. I don't see how this offense just can keep scoring at the rate that they're scoring. Yeah. Exactly, and their bullpen, I mean, and their pitching staff giving up as many runs as they give up. It's just, it's unsustainable the way they play. 
It's just absolutely un- unsustainable. Yeah, if this was MLB the show, that'd be good, but. So, I don't know. I don't really have a play on the side, but I'm I'm with you. Like, if I'm a if I'm play anything in this game, it's going to be the over nine and a half for sure. Yeah, it's the over for me for sure. All right, let's move on to our next game. We got the uh, Philadelphia Phillies against the Miami Marlins. <clears throat> we have uh, Ro- Ranger Suarez versus Braxton Garrett. Uh, the Miami Marlins beat the or no, they actually lost today, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Philly so, came back and won four to three. Phillies came back and won. Um. So Philly stays hot, man. One of the hottest teams in all of baseball, bro. The winners of their last four, I think they're like, I don't even know what they are in their last 10, but they're like seven and three in their last 10. They're just, they're on an absolute tear. Um, But we got Ranger Suarez on the hill for the Phillies, 3.67 ERA, two and three on the year, 1.26 whip. He'll be opposing Braxton Garrett, who's 3.61 ERA, four and two uh, on the year, 1.13 whip. What's your thoughts here, Irv? No, no, man. This it's Marlins team. They can pitch with the best of them. It's just those bats are just too outside of if Arias could hit more doubles and you know, he's not a home, he's not a power hitter. So if he could hit more, if he had more extra bases, then his lineup would be more deadly. And then our boy Jazz just can't stay healthy, man. Every it's like every time he goes out, this offense just struggles to score. Two, three, four, yep. four runs max. So I think until he can stay healthy, uh, this offense is just going to be hit or miss. They're going to have their good days. They're going to have their bad days. But honestly, it's going to always come down to the pitching and their bullpen to keep them in games if the offense continues to sputter because you got to do hitting almost 400, but their offense probably is averaging, what, four runs a game maybe. Nah, the Marlins have been good offensively this year. Yeah, but they can't like when they face when they facing teams like the Phillies or the Braves. For some reason, they just can't score enough runs to stay in games. And even today, they took a three zero lead. I think they took that lead and it's like the bottom of the six, bottom of the seven, and lost it. Yep. I mean, against good teams though, you can't just rely on winning three zero games. That's a that's a tough exactly. Game. That's what I'm saying. So you got to be able to come up with timely hits. Insurance runs always help. But just, on the flip side, though, Miami is fourth in WRC plus against left-handed pitching, 121, 139 ISO. Philadelphia, on the other hand, they don't hit left-handed pitching very well. They're 21st, 97 WRC plus against left-handed pitching. That could be the lean. You could lean Miami versus that left-handed pitching, or you could take the first five under. I probably like the first five under, but... Damn, but if Suarez Suarez is can be susceptible to give up bombs and multiple runs in an inning, so Suarez has been better of late. Yeah, he's been better lately because he started off terrible. He was like Carlos Carrasco, like a left-handed Carlos Carrasco down there. But I think uh, I think it's a good spot for the Marlins to bounce back because they should have won today. It's just the bullpen let them down again. It's a definite bounce back spot. Philly's been playing really well, but I mean they're I think they're definitely doing like um Bryce Harper has like a sixty seven WRC plus against left handed hitting. Trey Turner not hitting lefties well this year. Josh Harrison not hitting lefties well Man, this Trey year. Trey Turner ain't hitting nobody too well this year. That's true. And Braxton Garrett, dude, he's been hella good. You know, outside of his two starts against the Braves, 
I mean, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, you can't hold that against him. Man, the Braves can show prime Randy Johnson right now. Mm -hmm. That's facts. And he has a (laughs) he has a three point six one ERA and a two point nine xFIP, dude. Mm. You know, and and Ranger Suarez, he's been he's been good uh, this year too. He's coming off his worst start against Washington, five point one innings pitched, five ERA. He has a 3.67 ERA, 3.71 XFIP, and a uh, 3.99 Sierra. So, I actually, I like the Marlins in this spot. I like them to bounce back. I like them to win. This is like, in my opinion, dude, like, they lost. They got swept by Atlanta. They lose this game to Philly. Like, I think this is a mental game for them where, like, they have to go out there and it's like a must-win game. Like, yo, we need to prove we can beat these top teams or else, you know, we're not going to be that good. Yeah, we're just gonna be fighting for a wild card spot. Right. So um, at minus, uh, you can get a minus one hundred three at circa. I like I like the Marlins as a dog here. I think the total is a little too low at seven and a half. Seven and yeah. a half is just like unplayable at totals. Yeah, me. you can't play seven and a half totals right now. It's just too low. Because you never five, know, dude, the time, one the time you're hitting. One inning in your totals. Total, exactly. Total. Starters not going as long as they're supposed to. Then you got to depend on the bullpens. A lot of variance for bullpen. Any seven and a half. I haven't seen. I seen one total like a. It was a. It was a, a Cubs game. I think they was playing the. Uh, was it the Brewers or the Marlins or was it no? I think it was either the Brewers, the Marlins, or the Orioles. The over under was six and a half. That shit went over in the second inning. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. The days of playing the under a seven and a half are through with far between. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I just think seven and a half is just unplayable for a total, dude. Yeah, any seven and a half, you, you pound that over. So I like the, I like the Marlins in that spot. Um, all right, let's move on to our next game. We got um, Houston versus Seattle. Seattle coming off two dubs against Houston. Is this a Houston bounce back spot here? We got it. Could be they got their best pitcher, Cy Young candidate on the mound. The only drawback with me when it comes to Fremer Valdez being on the mound for the Astros, when he pitches for some reason, they forget how to hit. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Logan Webb when he pitches for the uh, for San Francisco. If Logan gives up two, three, four runs, it's a wrap because his offense just forgets how to hit. Nine times out of ten when he's on the mound. So that's my only drawback um, with the Astros. I haven't, I don't think, have they been swept at home this season? Very unlikely. Yeah, I don't think they've been swept at home this season. And Brian Wu is on the mound, you know. Right hand. He's been, uh, uh, he's been good. He's been good. Right-hand extraordinaire. Went home, pitched against his hometown Giants. Went six innings, only gave up two runs. One with the, the I think that home run was a two-run shot. So outside of that, he pitched damn good. Yep. If you can, if you look at his last three starts combined, he's given up three runs and over uh, sixteen in his pitch. So that's pretty damn good. So if Houston forgets how to hit tomorrow, I think the Mariners might be able to pull off the sweep in H Town. Well, they they got to play them on Sunday. No, they play tomorrow. I know, but they also have to play them Sunday. So oh, it's a four gamer. I thought it was a three game. Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's tough to pick against Framer. Usually when he pitches, I know the over is always at seven or seven and a half. So I always just advise people to take the over for the full game because that over under is just too low. And Houston's bullpen is terrible, man. So if Framer doesn't go six, seven, it is, even if he does, it's a good chance this game still goes over because once that bullpen comes in, all bets are off. Well, no, I mean, I their bullpen's not terrible. It's just, you know, they got Presley, they got Brian Abreu, and that's and that's about it. Like, yeah, they got to get to those guys, and those are two guys that usually pitch the eighth and the ninth inning. So, <laughs> I mean, Framber usually goes deep, dude. He usually goes six, seven innings. Yeah, he usually does, but it all depends on how tight the game is and how many pitches he throws because he doesn't. Always throw a whole bunch of pitches. So. I think this. Like is, his, I think this. His last, the, yeah, his last three starts, he's wins six, eight, and seven innings, and they won five four. They won four to two, and they lost to the uh, St. Louis on the road four to two. I think uh, this could be a, a good bounce back spot for Houston, especially with their best pitcher on the mound. Yeah, I think this is a good bounce back spot for Framber and and. Yeah, because his record does not indicate how good this dude has been pitching at all. And on to- on top of that, the Mariners haven't been very great against Latina pitching this season. Yeah. Um, in their last uh, like month and a half, they do have 129 WRC plus against lefties, but only a .94 ISO dude. So like basically all their damage is coming off home runs, and Framber doesn't give up home runs. Yeah, that's the thing about Framber. Framber, uh, if you look at his home runs given up, he's given up. Point six zero home runs per nine innings, dude. So he's given up one, two, three, four, six. He's given up seven home runs in 105 innings. <laughs> That's pretty damn good. Yeah, he don't give up bombs. So I, I like the Astros to bounce back tomorrow. I think that, uh, you know, Mariners. Blew them the fuck out of the water today. They won six one or five to one on on Saturday, so they're fifteen to two right now. I think the Astros got to look themselves in the mirror, dude, because you know this is a team that's fighting for a division title, and you know it's a team that has a World Series experience. So I do think the Mariners are playing a lot better ball, and I think Brian Wu's great, dude. Yeah, I think he's a great pitcher. Uh, shout out to Cal Poly Mustangs, but at the same time, dude, I I think that Framber gets it done tomorrow. And this is what Aces do, man. Like they get their teams back on track every fifth day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's gonna give his his team a chance to win, and I think he I think he bounces back. And I think the I think I like the Astros tomorrow to win this game. I like two two games tomorrow. I like the Astros and I like the Marlins. I think both those teams win. Nice. You like that? Let's go, y'all. All All right, what's your best bets tomorrow? Uh, My best bet is definitely I'll take that over. The nine uh, Brewers and the Reds. All right. And... I know the over-under is 7.5 for the uh, Mariners and the Astros, but like you said, Framer is an ace, bona fide, and he 
when you're struggling, a picture like that gets you back on track. So I'll take the Astros money line tomorrow as well. All right. So I already said my two best bets. I'm going Marlins minus 103. Give me the fish. Bounce back. And then we're going Astros minus $1.31 on the money line. I like them both. Gotta bounce. Astros gotta bounce back, man. Can't be losing three in a row to the fucking Mariners. The fuck is going on? Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Sorry we came on late. We had to watch the end of that fucking stupid ass Padres game. Uh, make sure <laughs> make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device. Use promo code Taproom for ten dollars off your first purchase of twenty five dollars or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave your seat. Make sure to join us on Sunday night. Uh, we'll have Big Ball and Ben Larson back from Long Term IL. They'll be joining us and we'll be recapping and uh, going over uh, the weekend sports. Uh, so you definitely don't want to miss that. For Swerving Every Washington, I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lads. Follow us on Twitter at Swerving Every TSP, at Jordan Rules TSP, at Taproom underscore sports. We'll catch y'all later. Have a blessed weekend. Peace.